Dewey Do, a podcast discussing wealth management and financial planning, hosted by the founder and CEO of Great Lakes Wealth, Dewey Stephan, alongside radio personality Kyle Bogey. Well, here we go. Episode 14 of the What Do We Do podcast. Kyle Bogey, Dewey Stefan here with you. And a lot to discuss on this episode. Uh, a busy month of August coming to a close here for uh, the stock market, Dewey. Absolutely. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to episode 14. Summer's still here, but slowly but surely, I see the uh, leaves turning, you know, brown. That tells me that autumn is on the way. But uh, let's take advantage of the days of summer and August, you know, closed out yesterday. And um, I guess that's what we're going to start talking about today. Yeah. So we got a busy day on the stock market. We got a couple of different things happening out there as well, including a couple of companies that are splitting. Also have three companies into the Dow, three companies going out. I can't wait to find out what the heck that actually means. And we'll start here with. Uh, word on the street, okay, and I, you know, I'm just you can confirm this for me if you would like, okay. Word on the street is that Wall Street or Main Street? That is Main Street. Okay. We'll go with that, okay. okay I mean, you're checking. all over Wall Street. We know that. Okay. But word on Main Street is I actually happen to share a birthday with a uh, a younger version of a Stefan out there. Is that is that correct? You heard correctly, Kyle. My oldest son Jackson has the same birthday as you, and um, that was last Friday, August 28th, so a great big belated booyah, happy birthday to ya, to you, and also to my uh, oldest uh, Jackson who turned 17. See, now I'm only slightly older, but if you had to say, who's more mature, your son Jackson or me? Well, again, I don't know you that well. I've known him for 17 years. Um, he is an amazing young man, but I think uh, before the podcast, I was telling you that, you know what, he probably thinks he's a little bit older than he is, and uh, maybe you think you're a little bit or act a little bit younger than you are. I think that's a little joke, but um, uh, you're an amazing guy, and he's an amazing young man. So happy birthday to you both. And uh, one more quick uh, birthday shout-out, somebody I know that you – very much uh, look up to, and we've talked about him quite a bit uh, on the podcast because of obviously the success that he has had uh, in the world of business and in the market, and that is Mr. Warren Buffett. Mr. Buffett, aka the Oracle of Omaha. This guy is a living legend. Mr. Buffett turned 90 years young on Sunday, August 30th, so we uh, want to wish him also, a great big booyah birthday to ya. And I've got two quotes for you today, Kyle, from Mr. Buffett. You're are all you, about the Buffett quote, quotes. Are, I love are it. You, are you ready for these? Absolutely. The first one is one that you probably wouldn't see coming from me today, but it's all about the love. Mr. Buffett is quoted as saying, love is the best way to measure your success in life. So before we get into money and everything else uh, today, let's just take a quick moment and reflect, listen and reflect that love is the best way to measure your success in life, according to the 
one and only Warren Buffett. I wonder if he would feel the same way if he didn't have billions of dollars. I don't know. I'm just, you know, just just wondering. Well, if you study him, I think he would. There are some <laughs> others out there, maybe not so much. But with uh, Mr. Buffett, uh, God bless you. And uh, hopefully you got 90 more years in you, my man. The other quote that we will kind of segue into today's podcast with from the Oracle of Omaha is the following. Are you ready for this? Drum roll, please. I will tell you how to become rich. Be fearful when others are greedy. Be greedy when others are fearful. Period. <laughs> Mr. Buffett, you couldn't be more spot on. And when the market, again, is um, extremely uh, excited, he's saying just be a little bit more cautious. And when everyone else is a little panicked, maybe that's the time to be a little bit excited, right? So anyway, that's a good tra uh, transition or a good segue in thinking to um, what's going on with the markets. Yeah, let's go ahead and jump in on that because, uh, you know, the month of August was interesting, back and forth, up and down. How, how I guess... Would you best describe what we saw from the market uh, as we close out the month of August? Well, before we get there, we're going to talk about the crazy day yesterday. To end the month of August, we had, as you said in the opening, Apple stock split four for one. Tesla stock split five for one. Three components of the Dow Jones Industrial Average were removed, and three components of the Dow Jones Industrial Average were then added. So that's a full year, yet it was one day yesterday. So let's start uh, Let's start there, and then we'll wrap up with how the month ended. See, I can tell, you know, just in the way that you're describing it, how big it is in your world. Yeah. Me, it's like you're speaking a different language, you know, with, with what you're talking about. So let's, I guess, do you want to start with Apple, perhaps, here, and, and kind of get an understanding of what exactly that means? You said they split four to one. That's right. I believe in Tesla's five to one. So that's with right. Apple, what is... In general, what does splitting within the market even mean? Yeah, that's a great question, and let's take a step back and explain it to our podcast listeners, right? And so, me. And, okay, well, <laughs> and you. And let's say hello to uh, Mike Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully, you know, behind the scenes uh, running the uh, producing keyboard, whatever that thing's called. Uh, Sully, good to see you today, and thanks for, uh, you know, for running the show. As it relates to a stock split, okay, all it means is that if you have something that is worth $10 a share – and you have one share, okay? Mm -hmm. So you have one share, and it's worth $10. You follow me? Yep. If they do a two-for-one stock split, they want to do two things. Typically, the company does this, and the company wants to typically do one thing. They want to get the share price lower and allow people who may not be able to pay $10 a share the opportunity to buy their stock because now it's $5 a share. So when the split happens, and they also might just want more shares to be available because they have to do some other um, financing and some other investment banking things. But all that to say, if you have one share at $10, okay, and then it splits, you simply have two shares at $5. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. So that's really all that happened yesterday with Apple and Tesla, but it wasn't a $10 stock going to uh, $5. Uh, Apple was actually around $500. And so by splitting four to one on the spot, can you do the math? What would you say the share price would be, you know, again, 
starting yesterday after the split. 500. Yeah, 125, right? You got it. Ding, ding, ding. There's that higher education for you. (laughs) So now there's, right, there's four times as many shares out there at $125 a share. So, again, it may make it so that other individual investors or people that may excuse me, maybe couldn't pay 500 a share, maybe able to pay 125 a and share. And that just seems like good business. Be, be, essentially being able to reach a different you know, segment of buyer. So you would think so. But here's the problem, and this is in today's day and age, I guess it's a perfect conversation to have. The lower your stock price is, the more people have access to it, as you said, mm-hmm. right? So with that, though, day traders or the what they call the retail public investor, the more the traders will get in and get out and get in and get out. And so if something is 500 a share, you might just buy it and want to hold it, right? Again, Apple you know, was way, you know, 100 a share, split adjusted, 50 a share, right? So these things appreciate exponentially, and, and that's why these splits happen. But um, some companies in the past decade have said, we don't want to split because we don't want the retail individual day trading um investor to buy and sell our stock all day because then the stock price fluctuates more. And when you're going to buy a building or use your company assets, your stock price to do a deal, and you don't know if it's up or down or up or down, um, you, again, maybe don't want the individual investor to be uh, so accessible to it. See, that's interesting. And, you know, I'll just spring this on you. So answer it however you will. But, you know, the day trading has gone, it seems, way up over the last several months throughout this pandemic. You know, sports obviously weren't around, so the sports bettors out there were getting involved in day trading in that. Most companies are not exactly thrilled about that? Has that contributed, I guess, to some of the volatility, the up and down that we've seen? Absolutely. Absolutely. And some um, investment companies out there, I think Fidelity and maybe Charles Schwab, have now... uh, figured out a way where you can buy uh, a fraction of a share. So if there is a stock, let's say um, Alphabet, which is Google, let's say it's 1,600 a share, or Amazon is over 3,000 a share, right? You can now buy, you know, one-tenth of a share of Amazon for $300 a share, you know, through, you know, this brokerage firm. So there is absolutely, you know, um, and um, you know, two arguments to be had inside. The company ultimately decides. You can actually do a reverse split. If your stock is $5 a share, you could wave your magic wand, have your board approve it, and you could all of a sudden make it worth $50 a share and just have, you know, the um, number of shares reduced by tenfold also. So you can do it both ways. But in this case, Apple um, was up 18% in August alone. So again, it's having an amazing year. And they have split their stocks and their stock in the past. So this is nothing new for them to do. Um, and when the company is up 70% on the year as it is, um, it's also the highest valued company in the world currently, surpassing two, uh, surpassing two trillion dollars in market cap. Unbelievable. And the stock is now 125 a share. So as far as outlook, you know, obviously it's going to take some time to figure out how this will benefit, how this could potentially impact what Apple is going to be doing. But, you know, is there, I guess, an estimate or a projection for where this is going to take them or what it could potentially do? Um, So no. So that's again, that's just nor. So the other part of it, the other part of a split means that the price comes down and there's twice as many shares if it's a two to one split. Mm -hmm. Right. In this case, the price came down by four and there's four times as many shares. Right. Yep. Um, uh, you can uh, liken it to if you have five dollars 
in your pocket and it's a $5 bill and you go and you exchange it for five $1 bills, right? You still just have $5, okay? So nothing really happens. However, you do think that because the share price is lower, more investors will now get in there, and that will, you know, buyers versus sellers is what moves the stock up or down. So if there's more buyers, people want to buy it while it's lower, and no one's going to sell it because I would have sold it when it was higher, even though it's the same. I would have sold it at 500. I'm not going to sell it at 125, right? So all that to say that you would think that the stock would go up because of the split. And in the short run, sometimes that's what the company is hoping for also. That's why they're doing it. I'm not really um, sure that that's Apple's intent at all. However, um, historically, after a split, stocks go down for whether it's one month to three months to longer. So historically, it actually has the inverse effect than you would think. However, with what happened yesterday and what has been happening the last few months with stocks splitting besides these uh uh, two today we're talking about Apple and then also Tesla we'll talk about. These have actually appreciated post-split, and it's not necessarily scratching uh, people's heads, but it is making us extremely, extremely cautious as, um, as this price goes up. You you said, uh, or at least you alluded to, not knowing what Apple's you know motive was you know for doing this. I guess before we get into Tesla and take a look at you know w- what's going on with them as well, because they made a similar decision. What do you think the the motive is for Apple? You know, one of the most powerful companies out there. Yeah, I have no idea. I would have to be more of an expert on the Apple stock. Sure. They've uh, split in the past, um, but it's um, something that they again thought long and hard and uh, made that decision for their strategic initiatives, whatever they are. Right. However, I will tell you, and this is a great segue to the next stock split, Tesla. I will tell you that I have a pretty confident um, understanding of why they split their shares yesterday, and so Tesla shares split five to one, and I'm happy to tell you. You know, opine. There's a good word for you, opine. I'm happy to opine. You know, my thoughts on that. All right. So, what do you think ended up happening? What 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 caused Tesla to split as well? You said five to one split. Uh, you know, Apple was four to one. Tesla, obviously, an intriguing company for a lot of different reasons. So, Tesla was two thousand two hundred a share on Friday before it split. That's insane. Can you believe that? That's crazy. And go back to last year, just again, a year ago, the stock was maybe four hundred dollars, maybe even two hundred dollars. I don't have the uh, the stock charting system up in front of me, but can you imagine that run up? Right? Tesla now, the stock price, as it is with the number of shares that are out there, is more valuable and has a larger market cap than Ford, um, the Fiat Chrysler, and General Motors brand combined. And you could throw in some other automakers in there. So Tesla is more valuable in terms of um, its you know, company than all of these other traditional automakers. Is that a little what, bit uh, curious? Why? Yeah. Why is that though? I mean, is there is there actually a reason? I mean, we can all speculate. So yes, because again, you're trying to invest for the future growth of something mm-hmm. versus um, the income of something. If it pays a dividend, obviously we talked about that in a prior episode. So the hype behind Tesla this whole year, and actually kind of starting last fall, was that they're you know, the electric car is the car of the future. Uh, Tesla also with Elon Musk, who, by the way, because of 
the stock run-up went from being just, I hate to say it, just a billionaire maybe worth you know 10 or $15 billion. Oh, that's it? That's oh. it. Well, with this run-up in the stock price, as of Friday, his net worth went over $100 billion. <laughs> so he is in the centibillionaire uh, club, and um, that's according to the Bloomberg's Billionaire Index. Where do they all hang out? So, is there like a specific building or club yeah. or like private membership you can get when you join the club? Yeah, uh, let's let's go find it and hang out, right? Let's yeah. just see. Them. And again, seriously, there are reasons that you would want to hang out and just listen to them, just absorb what they have to say. I mean, it's you know Jeff Bezos, um, certainly Elon Musk, certainly Warren Buffett we talked about, and a host of others for sure. So. It's um, exciting times, but the five-for-one split on Tesla takes the stock down to a very manageable $440 a share for those uh, investors you know, that are interested. And again, it comes down to um, my thoughts on it at $2,200 a share with a company that, again, doesn't really have the current earnings, and there aren't that many Teslas on the road. And so the actual number of units and the actual um, you know, revenues today are not why the stock you know, is $440 a share now. Um, it's because of the future growth, future opportunities versus your General Motors, your Ford, some others that you know, they're going to be around, they're doing their thing, but they're just kind of refining what they've already got, if you will. That's kind of the thought on Wall Street. Um, and uh, you have some other analysts out there that'll tell you, you know, if you don't have earnings and you don't have the growth, if there's a situation that uh, evolves, these are the ones that come plummeting down the most, are the ones that can't back it up with dividends or cash in the bank. So at what point, I guess, would that have to change for Tesla for for things to really increase and continue to stay, I, I suppose, at the pace that they're currently on? They need to sell some cars, Bogey. They need to sell some cars. And um, so we're excited just to see where it goes and, and what happens to it. Amazon.com, when it first came out, they were growing and they didn't really have the revenues. Now, all of a sudden, we see 10 years later, they are growing and they have the revenues. And so Tesla, you have a camp out there that says it's the most overvalued stock that you could find. Maybe that's why they split the share price to kind of give it a little bit more access to investors. But you have other professional investors that will tell you, you have no idea what Elon Musk and the entire Tesla company you know, can do. What would you say? about it. We actually don't have an opinion on it. We believe it's okay. extremely high risk. Um, we have not uh, taken a position in Tesla at the firm since uh, we've been open. We watch it, but it's something where, you know, we kind of go back to like the Warren Buffett school where if you don't know what something does, and this is actually Peter Lynch, who was an investment professional at Fidelity, you know, um, if you're not really sure what something does, then, you know, you do really want to be, you know, investing in it. We do have a position in Apple. Certainly we've had Apple um, as a core holding for quite a long time. And that will continue. Um, we call it the Apple ecosystem. So right now, you're you know if you're somebody out there who has you know a little bit of money set aside, you're thinking about potentially you know putting it into the market, and you're talking about Tesla, okay? Especially after they just had this split, five to one split, right? Would you say that this would be more of a long term you know type of play, where you know what, okay, if you feel comfortable, go ahead, or is this more of a short term because? So I would tell you anything that you're investing in should be long term. So one of the reasons we haven't um, invested in it because it just keeps going up, keeps going up, keeps yeah. going up. And from you know the work that we do, um, we don't 
really understand how it can be appreciating at the level it is. So again, you know, you can't get them all right. Or, and again, you know, a broken clock is we're right twice a day. This may be the opportunity of a lifetime still. Some uh, professionals say, Tesla, like we are here, just getting started, right? But there are probably, well, I can say there are definitely other stocks that we would be investing in at this moment and at this juncture, way ahead of what we would do with Tesla. Absolutely. Anything else uh, critical that you think um, you know should be noted or, or pointed out about splits within the stock market, what to pay attention to, what not? Just that again, just because it splits, if you had $5 and it splits five for one, you still have $5. You just have five of $1 versus one of $5. So don't get, um, don't get, uh, hyped up about any split that happens. And again, historically, the split post split, usually the prices do come down. This is an extremely different environment uh, market 2020. I think I'm just going to change it from COVID 2020 or COVID 19 in 2020 to just the market. 2020 because of where we're at now. But I think it's a good transition to Mm -hmm. three stocks that have been removed from the Dow and the three stocks that have been added to the Dow because actually um, there is some thought that the reason that these um, components were deleted and the new ones added was because of the Apple split. So there's a little twist on Apple split, we think kind of pushed the Dow Jones Industrial Average, you know, the company that is uh, behind it to make their moves either before they were going to or just facilitated them happening um, Um, you know, uh, yesterday. Hey guys, it's Bogey. I want to take a second to talk to you about Dewey Steffen and his excellent team at Great Lakes Wealth. Look, do you feel overwhelmed with managing your assets in today's financial world? I mean, think about the times that we're in here in 2020. Do you want financial freedom? Great Lakes Wealth offers Wall Street solutions with Main Street values. They sit down with you to develop custom financial solutions, utilizing all of your assets, even your 401k. We build the future you want based on your goals and your dreams. That is what Great Lakes Wealth is all about. Thinking about you, thinking about your family, and thinking about your future. Simply go to greatlakeswealth.us to schedule an appointment today. They offer better investments, better service, and a feedback guarantee. Okay, a feedback guarantee. Your road to financial freedom starts at greatlakeswealth.us. Please visit greatlakeswealth.us or simply give Great Lakes Wealth a call today. Okay, so as if uh, you know, Apple and Tesla splitting, you know, wasn't enough. Uh, the three companies that left, three companies that are now in uh, to the Dow, that just another again remarkable day as far as the amount of movement and things that are going on. You say three different stocks were deleted. Now I- I'm looking at my iPad right now and I'm going, okay, so you just put the uh, the little scroll right next to it, hit delete. And that's what happened. What does that mean when a stock gets deleted from the Dow? Well, it gets removed. Yeah, so <laughs> okay. maybe delete's not the right word. I mean, it actually is the right word, but they're removed. So there's only 30 stocks in the Dow. We yeah. tried this before, yep. right? Yep. So they could remove companies that they don't believe um, are worthwhile. Remember the other episode you were said the Dow is the you know the creme de la creme. That's the, the big dog out there is the Dow Jones, right? Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, there were three components that they just didn't feel you know were up to the snuff of... Uh, being in the Dow. So when that happens, where do those three go? So they're just still in the stock market and they may be in the S&P 500. They're still there. They're just not in that elite group. They're just removed from, you know, you could Walking away in shame. Well, again, <laughs> so there are all these other Wall Street um, phenomenons. But before we get into that, I'll say that 
again, with Apple stock split, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index, okay? So the price of the shares. So by the uh, shares being you know reduced by four, that makes the tech weighting in the index less, Okay, so so you know not a full seventy five percent less or whatever because of the dilution, but it makes the tech weighting in the Dow less. So we believe that uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average had to add another tech name as well as just maneuver its indis, you know its internal indices to more reflect what's going on today. So again, that's kind of where the Dow kind of took the lead from Apple splitting to kind of make the decisions that they made. And one of the uh, components that was removed was actually the oldest component in the Dow. So it's kind of like, you know, you kicking your great, great, great grandfather out of your house after all these years, bringing in a young gun, you know, bring in the lefty and you send great grandpa out to pasture. Um, do you have you know, any? Pe- people just have no respect for their elders well, anymore. Well, I you mean, know? say times change. You got to, you know, keep up with the times. Uh, but uh, any idea if I gave you a quick, uh, quick on the fly uh, question of uh, quiz, which company would you think that is that uh, was in the Dow that uh, just was removed yesterday? Dunder Mifflin? No, I, I, I have no idea. No problem. You don't need <laughs> papers to. on the way out. I mean, you know, yeah. paper company. Well, have maybe. you heard of a have you heard of an oil company called Exxon Mobil? I have. Exxon Mobil was the company that was uh, removed uh, yesterday. It was the longest remaining component of the Dow prior. It joined the Dow Jones Industrial Average back in 1928. 1928, right? Almost a hundred uh, years, man. Just before they were going to celebrate their hundredth anniversary, well, it just cold blooded the Dow is. Well, that that's it. And um, believe it or not, Exxon Mobil uh, stock price, you know, was let's say ninety or a hundred a share, you know, last year, whatever. They did not do it a went, split. Went down to nothing this past year, didn't it? Not Exxon Mobil. The no. oil, oil, the oil did, industry, oil, in, in, oil gotcha. index. <laughs> we'll talk about yeah. the oil index towards the end when we do a recap. But no, oil went minus. Oil, the, the barrel price went minus for. Split hot, hot second there, but Exxon Mobil was actually the largest company in the world, as we just talked about. Apple is now, Exxon Mobil was the largest company in the world as, you know, as as um, uh, recently as 2011. So when you talk about a fall from grace, Exxon Mobil was the big dog back in 2011, and today again they're still very, very um, you know necessary. They're very, very relevant, but um, they were uh, removed, and um, it's you know it's something that uh, again I guess you call it a fall from grace, or it's just something that uh, that happened, and um, uh, we're going to move on with it. What is the the projection, I guess, for for Exxon at this point? I mean, you you say they stay in the stock market, but they have gone way down, even over the last nine years, as you just described, from 2011, the big dog, to now 2020. They're retired and limping off, you know, a little bit. What, does that mean that you know it's not going to be a quality investment moving forward? Is it something to be leery of? I guess what what does it mean overall? Well, I tell you what a what what a you know meatball layup uh, you know softball across the plate whatever that is uh, <laughs> bogey. There's another adage out there on Wall Street that when these transitions happen, as we talked about splits, and people think that the split price is going to help you and you should buy the split. Mm-hmm. And historically, the split the new companies that have split you know they go down in price right. So you kind of scratch your head and wish you hadn't bought the hype of the split. Well, with the removal of components of the Dow, it's basically the same thing. It's backwards. So companies that get removed from the Dow typically have a 
better year the 12 months following their removal than the 12 months following the addition of the new stock, right? So once you're out of the Dow, you typically do better as a stock than those three or whatever, than the company that got, you know, replaced you. So you does that th- go back to the, the Warren Buffett quote about, you know, when people are greedy, you know, be fearful when people are fearful, you know, perhaps be greedy? No, it just has to do that. I think people do a lot of research on something or maybe the Dow Jones Industrial Average is setting up, you know, its index for you know, for a future, you know, decade or a future period of time and components and sector evaluations. But for whatever reason, these stocks tend to do better after they're removed for, again, the next 12 months. Sometimes they continue to integrate, you know, becoming great again. Other times they do fall down and, and you know, and other things happen. Um, but it's exciting that it's ExxonMobil. And I was going to say a few minutes ago, kind of a little tongue in cheek, ExxonMobil didn't do a stock split, you know, this year, but the stock went from basically, you know, 90 down to 40. So it basically is down over 50% without having um, a stock split. That's kind of tough, especially when you do have the Dow Jones back to a positive on the year. You mentioned that in a prior episode. It was just about there. Highs back to February. And you have the NASDAQ and the S&P that are now at back to all-time highs. This crazy COVID-19 situation continues. The other two components that were removed, one is a bio, uh, not a biotech, one is a pharmaceutical company called Pfizer. You familiar with mm-hmm, Pfizer? Absolutely. Pfizer had only been in since 2014. So there's another adage like keep them on a short leash. I mean, they didn't give it time to get settled. They just joined the index uh, six years ago, and you're out. And bam, pink you know, slip. You're hmm. pink slip, right? So Pfizer, which is a very large pharmaceutical company, has that in there, and that's very important. But they were removed. And then uh, Raytheon Technologies, which is a um, spinoff and a merger from a bunch of different companies over the last you know decade, 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 it was actually in there since 1939 as well. So it had a long history of being in the Dow. And I know that we're getting kind of long uh, with the, uh, the time, but I want to talk about the three that got added. Like, let's talk about these uh, new up-and-coming stars. So Big speak, day right? for them, yeah. Big day for them. Five-star right? recruits signing their national letter. Of intent. Five star recruits, you got that right. And um, one of them is a software company, which is Salesforce.com. Have you heard of this company? I believe I have actually. Okay, well, Salesforce.com is kind of a newer company. Um, they actually just built a beautiful tower in uh, San Francisco, California, the Salesforce.com tower. Take a look on that. When ne- take a look at that when you ever get back on a plane and uh, head out that way. <laughs> Will do. Writing what, it down right now. What's kind of cool about that though is uh, Salesforce.com, right? Salesforce.com. Mm-hmm. Their ticker symbol is C R M. C. RM. Does that even relate to Salesforce.com? Doesn't seem like it. Okay. Well, so it has to do with the fact that it's, uh, you know, so the CRM system, have you heard of that? Mm-hmm. So the CRM is what Salesforce.com does. So they um, have their ticker symbol as CRM. Another one that was added is a biotech company, which is Amgen, A-M-G-N. So Amgen is the name of the company. The ticker symbol is AM. GN. That kind of makes sense. It's Amgen, you know, short. Works Just perfect. Like, right? Um, and they have uh, been around, you know, for decades. They're the, you know, one of the largest biotech companies out there. And so uh, we're very familiar with, um, with them and what they do. And the third one that was added, you're probably very familiar with also, at least by name, which is Honeywell. 
Oh, yeah. with Honeywell. Mm-hmm. Honeywell's an industrial company, and whether they're doing heating and cooling systems, you know, or um, uh, components, Honeywell, their ticker symbol is H-O-N, Harry, Oscar, Nancy. So, again, makes some sense, but I'll just go back to salesforce.com, ticker symbol C-R-M, not your usual ticker symbol relative to the name of your stock. Um, all those to say, we do have full, full disclosure. We do have a position in ExxonMobil. We do have a position in... Um, Salesforce.com, and we do not have a position currently in Amgen or Honeywell or Pfizer or Raytheon. We also, as a firm, do have a position in Apple, but not Tesla, as we mentioned earlier. Very exciting stuff. All right. Well, that'll do it for episode 14. And I just want to make sure we make a, a quick note here. Episode 13, the most downloaded episode that we have had yet on the What Do We Do podcast. Uh, again, uh, you know, completely brought to you by Great Lakes Wealth uh, and Dewey Steffen's wonderful team here. So let's continue that momentum here with episode 14. Please continue to download, subscribe, share, uh, and rate here moving forward. This was a great episode. We're excited for the next episode. Next week, Tuesday after Labor Day, we are into September, Bogey. We are going to be talking about the fall and getting ready for earnings, but also getting ready for the election. So we've got a lot ahead of us. And as we always say, we're just getting started. The opinions expressed in this program are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It's only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risks and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional.